Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Uh, Trevor Sikama on the guest line. What's up, buddy? Welcome to the show. Nick, appreciate you having me on as always, man. It's quite the honor to be on on your final day here on the radio waves in Charlotte. So I appreciate you having me, man. Well, always happy to chop it up with you, my guy. I do have to ask you, did you get to listen to the Hack Song of the Week? Of course, I always do. That's that's what I love so much about coming on your show is you guys often time it to where I am the guest getting to wait while I get to hear the Hack Song Song of the Week. And you're right. It was, you know, a guard, the Guardians of the Galaxy part was right there the lyrics were on par as always i mean the the voice is a mix between fergie and jesus we all know that and so just a, just a wonderful a wonderful rendition there from hacksaw what grade we giving it it's got to be an a come uh, on yeah. come on i'm not gonna give it anything other than that here on the final day so we i told my in the first segment of the show i i told my charlotte uh origin story my first time here as a member of the station when I was on a tryout. And that, that got us into the conversation of what or who has or what people have the best origin story in sports. When I say best origin story in sports, you also love the comic book movies as well, so I know you'll get this. What what are the, the names of guys or a guy that might come to mind there? So for, are, are you talking about, like, anybody, like, getting to Charlotte or the NFL, or which one are we talking about? Uh, the Just NFL, NBA, sports in general, origin stories. I mean, right off the top of my head, Jordan Mailata being a rugby player, somehow making it to be the high, like, a highest-paid left tackle on the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, that's that's the one that currently that stands out to me the most. I mean, that's a, that's a guy who started his sports career playing something that he had no idea he was going to be a millionaire in another area. So, I, that's that's got to be the one currently that stands out to me. I just can't imagine being on a rugby a rugby pitch and you look up and there's a six foot eight, two hundred and sixty pound guy right. running opposite of you. Like I I'm I qualify as a large human being. I'm like six foot four. I'm anywhere between two ninety and three hundred, and I and that would scare the crap out of me. I, I, that that that's why the Philadelphia Eagles gave him all that money because somehow you know actually when you think about it if if enough, if enough of their running backs go down you can just hand the ball off to Jordan Mailata or if enough of their linebackers go down you can maybe have them play both ways like remember the Titans so yeah that's a, that's one that stands out to me as as a crazy one of how he got to where he is now now you're cooking with fire uh, big guys running for touchdowns is why I'm on this planet uh, let's get to. Uh, some more NFL-specific talks here. Let, let, we'll we'll launch into. I don't think I've heard your Baker Mayfield to Carolina take. When you look at this deal, uh, one, did you like the deal? And two, what do you think it means for the Panthers in 2022? Yeah, I mean, this was this was always the best deal for both parties. I think you know a lot of people talked about the Seattle Seahawks being a potential destination. Uh, people got spicy and talked about oh, you know Daniel Jones playing on his last year of his contract. Maybe he goes to the New York Giants, but. It was always Carolina, I think. Their situation was one where he could really step in right away and, and be an upgrade at the quarterback position. And look, I, look, the longer Cleveland went on with this thing, especially for when it came out, how disgruntled it seems like Baker was, how they went about the Deshaun Watson situation, Cleveland was never going to get out of this well, if you will, or getting much back in return. This was always going to be something where they were giving away a potential franchise quarterback, a former number one overall pick, for pennies on a dollar. Like they, they were never really going to get anything back from it. So I think Carolina did a really nice job of using time 
the waiting game to their advantage to get the most out of getting Baker. And I think that it was just always this situation for them. So, you know, Cleveland dug themselves a hole. There's no way they could have gone into training camp with Baker Mayfield. It would have been an absolute media circus if that would have been the case. They didn't want that. So Carolina did a good job. They waited. They got a great price for him. And he's a clear upgrade. He is. Even even if nothing else but for hope, for something to look forward to, for a reason to believe. If, if you went into this upcoming season – with Matt Rule being on thin ice as he is and with Sam Darnold playing as poorly as he has being the only viable quarterback option, what does that tell you about selling tickets, about getting hyped for the team, about believing that the right guys are in charge? This at least gives you an ability to believe in something. And I think that Baker has some things left in the tank, and I think that there's a chance that he really could surprise people here in Carolina. Trevor, I want to build on that last point that you had there because I've heard people – um, refer to Baker as a game manager quarterback, and I, which I think is an asinine way. To me, a game manager quarterback is somebody that is limited physically, mostly from the arm talent, right? You're not going to see a guy have the physical talent to, to the Red River Rifle. Andy Dalton had a, had a nice arm at its peak. It was never a really good arm. I think Baker's arm, while not elite, I think it takes him out of the conversation for game manager, and I think there's a chance that we haven't seen the ceiling of Baker Mayfield yet. Do you feel like, feel free to pick apart whatever you just heard in my answer is what I'm saying here. Yeah, I don't think, I definitely don't think that Baker is a game manager quarterback. Now, can he be better at decision-making? Sure. But like at his core, he is a gunslinger. Like that's what he is. He wants to win the game with his arm. That's not really a game manager kind of guy. That's a game manager. Quarterback is more of somebody who understands, the weapons that they have around them wants to get the ball in their hands as quickly as possible. And I think Baker Mayfield likes to keep the ball in his hands, not to say that, you know, he wants to be selfish with it, but he likes to hold on. He likes the deep ball. He likes to be the one to make the play. If you will, at the end of the day, he wants to be remembered for that as much as the other players do. And again, I, people can hear that and say, Oh, well, that sounds like more of a selfish quarterback. That's not what I mean at all. I'm just saying that Baker seems to not be a guy who is afraid to have the ball in his hands, to be afraid to carry it in big moments and to keep looking down the field and to make the correct throws, even if it means hanging in the pocket, keeping the ball a little bit longer, being tough uh, around the tackles. And so uh, that's why I think that, no, I, I don't believe he is a game manager quarterback. I don't think that he is extremely limited to that point. It's just a matter of can he get the confidence that he needs to to be that kind of a quarterback that Cleveland thought they were getting when they were drafting him number one overall and then I mean, there was so much judgment on him last year, and he was hurt. He was playing hurt, more hurt than we thought. So all of that, I think, is context. We always want to jump to the easy answers. Ah, Baker's had a couple of bad games. Nah, he's trash. He's trash. Nah, I get to write him off. I don't have to analyze him anymore. I don't have to care about it. It's not the case. I mean, we, we saw good flashes of him, and he was just hurt last year. Baker's one of the few people I've ever seen play through significant injury and somehow get vilified. It is it is mystifying to me, even in even in the Cleveland media. I think Cleveland fans mostly still supported Baker Mayfield. I'm speaking for them. I, and maybe I shouldn't do that, but like it's been wild to me how he's been vilified in that. So let's look to the NFC South then. How do you think? I mean, obviously Tampa Bay's at the top. How do you think? the teams fall in line here on paper after Tampa Bay and the NFC South? I think that just talent overall, you've got to think that 
the Saints should be number two. Now, with Jameis Winston as your quarterback, we all know that anything can happen at any given time. And so, you know, you're making a change at head coach. I know they're thinking they're keeping familiarity within the coaching staff, promoting one of their own up to head coach, but it's not Sean Payton, right? So you figure there's going to be a change there. It's not Drew Brees either, as it hasn't been for a couple of years now. So that big change is, is going to show that I think that there are some vulnerabilities in the armor with the Saints being one of the uh, better teams in the NFC South. I think that that second spot is wide open. And I really do think that, sure, you think that New Orleans has the, uh, the, the incumbent status of being that second team there. But if Carolina figures it out, they could compete for that second spot in the NFC. Now, will that mean that that's a playoff spot? I don't know. But Baker could turn around, and they've got all great offensive weapons. The offensive line is improving. Christian McCaffrey, you hopefully get him for another healthy year. And last time that happened, he was a 1,000-1,000 guy. The young defense, getting older, getting more mature. You get J.C. Horn back, right? All of these things can play into Carolina's favor, which I think really helps them out compete for that second spot in the division. I think Atlanta, oh, man, there's uh, they are too devoid of talent, I think, to really compete and be that second-best team in the division. I still think they're a year or two away from that, but... There is reason to believe that it could be a battle between Carolina and New Orleans for that second spot. Traditionally, that has meant a wild card berth because this division has been so talented. Not so sure it would mean that this year, but who knows? You'll have to see how many games they actually win. It's interesting to see the the discrepancy between the AFC where I really do think a a team that could potentially compete for a title or at the very uh, you know the conference title at the very least could very well be left out of the playoff hunt this year and then in the NFC it's you got three teams you got Green Bay the Rams in Tampa Bay if i were to cement those in today as the the elite teams give me the four teams that you think for the NFC that will be the playoff teams behind them or have the best chance to be the playoff teams behind them yeah, so I think that, you know, even when you mention the Rams, I mean, there's reason to believe that the Rams might regress a little bit. So that's that's not a huge guarantee. Uh, and that division as well, when you look at the NFC West, uh, the Cardinals, I think, are in for big regression. I don't think a lot of people are betting heavy on them again this year. The Niners, okay, you're going in with Trey Lance. Even if you believe it, it might not be there. The Seahawks uh, probably are not going to be really competitive. We already went over the NFC South. Bears didn't do a lot to really help Justin Fields. The Vikings, I think, probably get in by default. So there's one team there. The Cowboys are another team. I, I think the Eagles are good enough, and I, I like where Nick Sirianna was going to where I think the Eagles could once again be a wild-card team. And uh, Look, I know it might sound a little bit crazy here, but the team that is the biggest sleeper that I would believe in would be the Detroit Lions. Right, And I think that the Lions had so many games last year where they were close. They were so close. They just did not have the talent. They didn't have the experience. They didn't have the continuity. But a lot of infused talent over the last couple of years in the draft. Hopefully you're getting Jeff Okuda back. Hopefully Aiden Hutchinson's hitting the ground running. You're hoping you get Jamison Williams midway through the year and he can be a dynamic receiver weapon for them. Like That is a team that I think might even elevate themselves uh, to potentially a wild card status. I think that Washington, the, the commanders there, they obviously are getting Carson Wentz in. I think that you have to consider them. But if I had to go with four teams outside of those three there to make the playoffs, I'd say the Cowboys. I would still say the Eagles. I would say the Vikings. And then I think the 49ers. I, I, got, I got faith in Kyle Shanahan to figure it out. I would say the 49ers would be better than the team there. I uh, I don't think the Lions have enough kneecap biters yet. They're close, yeah. Trey, but yeah. I don't think – I mean, two years. How, how many kneecap biters can you really import inside two drafts? 
Yeah, no, it is a uh, th- that kneecap cuisine strategy is a, it's a multi-year thing. There's no doubt about it. You got to keep building. You got and, and you never stop building. You never stop searching for kneecap players. Uh, the way the way you scout them is you just go to uh, you know Cannibals Anonymous and then you just see you know who looks you know who looks like a left tackle, who looks like a defensive tackle. Follow this man on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. Uh, check out the NFL Stock Exchange podcast, Trey. You're fantastic, buddy. Best to you and Alyssa and everybody. We we appreciate the hell out of you, buddy. Nick, I appreciate every time you have me on the show, man. It was always a blast. Best of luck to you and your future, man. I know it's going to be nothing uh, but bright lights, my friend. All the best. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.